Well, if you want to, as Levi read for us, you can turn with me into um, the book of Jeremiah, and we're going to continue our look at um, this text uh, from Jeremiah, and um, as we consider God's calling on our life as a church, just as we did there um, through uh, baby dedication, um, we have a responsibility, a stewardship that has been entrusted to us, a, a calling of God on our lives as the church. Um, and we, um, last week, if you weren't with us, um, or perhaps um, you've been uh, curious, you might have heard on social media and something to that effect, that at one point we were known as the Parks Church, and now we go as City Church and uh, have a new name, and um, you might you know, know a little bit about that, or perhaps you're a guest with us and this is completely brand new, and so we welcome you to City Church just for the very first time. We're so glad um, that you're here, but in these two weeks, last week and this week, um, as we have made this transition and are looking forward to all that God is doing in our midst and really uh, looking at our responsibility and the call on our lives to steward um, the gifts that he has given us for the kingdom, um, we wanted to just take a short break from our study in Ephesians um, to really think about what it is, who God has called us to be as a church. And so I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to do that, we have a brand new website that is fantastic, um, and you can find um, a, a link to our uh, sermon podcast on that site. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week as we really focused our attention on this verse that we ended with today, Jeremiah 29, 7, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf or in its welfare, you will find your welfare. That really encapsulates or summarizes the calling on our lives as a church, what we believe God has called us to hear. Um, I do want to just make a note, if you are a guest with us and this is your first time with us, as I just briefly mentioned, we're going to jump back into Ephesians. We'll be in Ephesians uh, chapter 3 uh, again next week. Um, it's our habit just to work our way through Scripture. So right now you find yourself in the midst of a little bit of like a family meeting where we're just calling everyone together and we're saying, this is who we are, this is what we're all about. Um, and so you couldn't have visited on a better day in a sense, but there is, um, this is a little bit of a unique day, um, obviously a special day as well. But that calling on our lives to seek the welfare of the city, what does that look like? And as I closed last week, I close with the verses that we're going to focus on this morning, verses 5 and 6, to build houses and, and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. See, the calling of God on our lives, if we are going to seek the welfare of the city where God has sent us into exile, we have a responsibility. We have to take up residence in this city. Now, that sounds a little bit silly, perhaps, to some of you, because you're like, yeah, I live here. I get it, dude. That's fine. I've, I've, I've been living in the area for a long time, longer than you, you might be saying. But what does it mean to take up residence, to celebrate, or to have a permanency and an evidence of permanency in the city? How do the people that are not in this room, how do those people who are far off from God know where the people of God are, who the people of God are? See, in this passage of Jeremiah, just again as a quick reminder, it's written to people who have been sent, have been taken really enslaved in a foreign nation, taken into captivity, and they are enslaved to the Babylonians, the people of God. And God says to them, he gives them this very odd instruction that they are not only to stay there, 
but they're to seek the welfare of the people that have enslaved them. And they're to, to, to be there for a long time. See, the reason that God says in verse 5 that they are to build houses, to plant gardens, to take up a permanent residency and, and have a permanence in the city is because there were many within the people of God, and they had some that were God called in this text false prophets, false teachers, who were saying to them, you're just going to be here for a little bit, don't do anything, just sort of kind of hang out temporarily. But God said, no, I've sent you there for a reason. There's a purpose that I have for you there, and so I want you to, to, to just take up full permanency, residency in that city and do all of the things that you would do normally, which is build houses, plant gardens, take wives for your sons and your daughters, or take wives for your sons and husbands for your daughters, and take those also for your children. Have families. Mary, do all of the things. It says, don't decrease. Don't just sit here and kind of hang out. How many of you have found yourself in a situation where you're traveling or you planned a trip or maybe you just are kind of on the way somewhere and you, you, you make a, a quick stop and you think to yourself, I got to get out of here as quick as I can. Perhaps you showed up to, um, you know, you, went to, you got invited over to a gathering, a party or something like that and you think, Oh man, what have I gotten myself into? I got to get out of here quick. It's okay, you can be honest with yourself. You've said that. This is not for me. I'm in a room full of Aggies. <laughs> that was just to wake up our Aggie friends, that's all. I love you all. Did y'all win in football yesterday? Yeah, you probably did. Oh, you didn't play, so you won. There you go. All right. Not like those bears. But anyhow, <laughs> I digress. No, we find ourselves sometimes in these situations where we're thinking, man, this is, this is I don't know what I'm doing here. I got to get out quick. I told the story of the children that sometimes have walked into the wrong restroom at the mall. They walk in and they realize that the boy realizes he's in the girl's restroom and he sees the couches and the smell good stuff. And he's like, I'm out of here. And he quickly runs and flees. I said once that's like repentance. When we see something, we just turn away and flee from it. That's what repentance looks like. But sometimes we find ourselves in these situations where we think to ourselves, man, I don't belong here. I don't want to be here. I don't like this. And so we can sometimes live like that. And we can think, no, I'm just going to, I'm only here just, just temporarily. I'm going I'm to go back to wherever I'm from as quick as I can get there. I don't really like being here. Laurel and I had a friend who, uh, after marriage, relocated here to the Metroplex. And um, she'd always talk about home. And I'm going home. And uh, that's where I'm, I'm returning. And it was always about the return home. And I realize the emotional connection to home, and that's often what we call our parents' houses. We always, that's where we say, hey, I'm going home. But in, 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 as a result of that, very often, in, in some senses, she didn't make this home. This wasn't where she had been sent, home. And sometimes we have to do that. We've got to make this place home. And God says to the exiles in enemy territory, in a place that they didn't ask to be, that they didn't want to be, this is now your home. I have sent you here. Be here and trust in my plans. Because as he says in 11, for I know the plans for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a future. I am in charge. I know what I'm doing. Trust me, even as you're in this place that you don't think that you want to be in. And so God commands us 
to take up residence in this city, to have a permanence in this city. And so one of the things that we need to realize as the people of God is that we are, in a sense, resident aliens. We live here. We make our life here. But this is not our home because we're exiles. We are going to one day return to our true home. We are going to be sent to our true home. But in the meantime, while we wait, this is where we live. And our presence here is critical to the plans that God has. The hope that he intends for us, the future that he's given us, is contingent upon us. In a sense, he said, I have sent you here, and you will find your hope, your future, your joy as you live. And ultimately, this place where I have sent you, it's a dark place. There's darkness all around, and so I have sent you to be a presence, to be light to the dark world. And so you might find yourself even thinking, uh, as I just described somewhat jokingly, about this city, this community, the place where God has placed you to live. You might think, man, I really didn't want to end up here. I've told you all the story many times when we were praying about planting a church and Laurel and our family had kind of prepped and were ready to be sent wherever God would send us. And we were networking and connecting. And I had big dreams. I had big dreams of going to the mountains. You all know how much I love the mountains. I like to ski. I like to just be in the beauty. When I look at the mountains, I just see the majesty of God. It just comes alive to me in a a unique way. So I was just, Lord, send me west. I was waiting to hear that call. Go west, young man. Some of you all know that song. And God sent me to look at Mount Melissa. (laughs) Which, if you aren't familiar, is a dump. Periodically, it smells. That's the mountain that I get to look at every day. So when we got here, we were temporarily here. We were in just a a, a kind of a holding pattern in a sense, had not purchased a home or done anything like that. And we began to pray and to seek. And I've told this many times, but God just broke our hearts for this community. And I love that mountain, that dump. Because I love this place, because God has given us a supernatural love for this place. And it isn't my home, but we're going to live here until he takes me home, as far as I know. We're going to take up residency. We're going to do all that we can to be a light in this place, in the darkness, in the midst of it. And our family isn't unique in that. We're not special. That's who we collectively have been called to be, to have a presence here. Last night, I was with some friends, and I met a woman who shared a story of her adult son who had um, walked away from the Lord, was not, not living in any sense for God, had no relationship with Christ, and she told me the story of his salvation. She shared with me how he came to faith, how after many, many months and maybe even years, she had been praying for her son. And he called her and said, hey, would you send me a Bible? And so she kind of wrote it off, thinking it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to beat him up about it because I've been trying that. That didn't work. So I'm going to send him a Bible. So she sent him a Bible, and he started reading it a little bit. And as he would called her and retold her one, day, one morning, one Sunday morning, he woke up, and he just felt God telling him to go to church. 
Get up and go to church. Get out of bed. Not something that he had done in a very, very long time. But he did it. He got up. He Googled church. And he walked to the closest church. He walked in the door. He heard the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. He was invited to come back to an evening service that evening. And that night, he was baptized giving his life to Christ. Because the presence of the people of God in the city where he lived. He went. And we have to realize that our responsibility, our calling as the people of God is to be available, to be open, to be present, for people to know us as we seek the welfare of the city. That means that we are known in this city. Imagine if everyone on your street, I don't want to take the whole community, I just want you to think about right now the street that you live on. Do the people on your street know that in a moment of crisis, in a moment of need, in a moment when things are going completely sideways, that they can walk down the street and knock on your door and they can have an encounter with the people of God? Do they know that? Or do they have to ask, where might I find somebody that knows something about God because I am broken and I realize I need help? We are the people that should be known as light. And when I say known, I mean literally known. Like they know our names, they know our stories, they know who we are, and they know that when there is something, there's a need, when whatever, we realize that God often uses crisis. Moments where we don't, we are, when we're doubting, when we have questions, God will speak. And when God speaks, do the people in this community, do they know I can walk two doors down and I can knock on that door and I can ask for help, I can ask for prayer? Is our presence in the city felt? That's been one of the prayers of this church since we began is that we would be known as the people of God, not for our fame, but for His glory. That the city would not have to wonder, who's on watch tonight? Who's praying for me? Who's seeking the best for me? But they would realize that there are people to their left and to their right, at work, in the community, on the sports team, those people of God that love them unconditionally, and that's who we are called to be, and that's why having permanency in this city matters. Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, eat their produce. Note, planting gardens and eating produce, that's a, that's a whole season, by the way. Season upon season, we're to be here, and we're to wait on the Lord. We're, we're to be here and prepare for a long stay. And that's why we've taken up this calling to, as we celebrate the permanency and the call to have a permanency in this city, to one, rename our church so that we more effectively communicate who we are in this community, and to also prayerfully ask the Lord to help us to build a physical sanctuary, a place of rest, a place of hope a place of safety 
for this city to run to in those times of needs. Now, that doesn't uh, eliminate our calling and our responsibility for them to run first to our homes, to run and knock on the door. But imagine there being a place for us to gather together, not just for our needs, but ultimately to serve the needs of our community, to have a permanency in this city that says to the city that we are here to seek your welfare. We're here because God has sent us here. Imagine what that says to somebody who has no knowledge of God, who has no knowledge of who we are, who doesn't really grasp the concept of serving someone else and laying down their lives. When we are able to say to this community, we are here, we exist, we have provided for you. We have done all of this because we love you. The light of Christ shines brightly in those moments. And so that's what we are striving to do. So as I said, this service and today is going to be a little bit unique as I'm going to explain a little bit about what that looks like. So we're, what we have been praying about, and we've talked about this for many, many months and even years, is that we are endeavoring and stepping out in faith really beginning today and continuing over the next number of years to build a community center, a center to take up permanent residency in this city. And everything about what we have done, everything that we desire to do as we step forward into building this building is designed to serve others, to serve the city, to be known that it is used for the glory of God and the good of others. And yes, it will be a place where we get to gather corporately. It'll be a place that we can be known, a place that is permanent, that doesn't get torn down near as much every Sunday afternoon, but it will be a place that will be open and available. It'll be a place that we can point people to, that we can lead people to, so that we can love them as Christ has called us to love them. So I'm going to show you right now an image I believe this is just a concept, and many of you have seen this. And again, guests, just bear with us. This is not typically, I don't usually show architectural plans on a Sunday morning. (laughs) But today is a special day, and so this is um, a concept of what we endeavor and we hope that God would allow us to build. And so this space is about 33,000 square feet of space that would allow us to host many gatherings, host families, open the doors to the city to be cared for. Think of all of the things that you might want to do as a family that you might be able to do and just know that there's a place that's open and available to you for a birthday party, for a family gathering, for your community business meeting, for whatever it might look like, a space that is available and open to you. A space for people in our community who work from home very often to be able to come and meet other people and sort of have community with others. Ultimately, a space for children to be ministered to, to be educated, to be trained in righteousness so that we can teach them God's word. All of these things are what we hope to be able to do through this city center. But if we're going to do that, we're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to lay down our lives so that we could accomplish those things, so that we could serve the city, so that we could, again, have this permanency here corporately as a church. 
The church family is obviously always there's this uniqueness to we are individual, we are individual units, individual families, individual people, but then we gather together corporately as a family and we are the church gathered. And as we do these things, this is something that we have to all do individually so that we might be able to accomplish the thing that we're called to do corporately, that we're called to do as a family. And so that's what this place is intended to do, is to be a place of ministry. Our vision and our dream from the very beginning is to be able to communicate to this city that not only do we love you and are we here and we want you to know who we are as you come and knock on our doors, but we also want to know that we have given our lives to the kingdom, to serve the kingdom. We've given our lives away because we know this isn't our home. And because this isn't our home, we're not here to try and figure everything out and do everything to serve ourselves. We're not here to accomplish just all of our personal dreams and aspirations. We're not here to achieve the American dream, in a sense, just for ourselves. But we're here because God has sent us here, and we're here to serve the kingdom of God and to bring his kingdom to bear in this community. And the way that we bring the kingdom of God to the people is we love them. And we open up our doors to them, and we encourage them, and we invite them in. And so that's what we strive to do. That's what we hope this building will do. And I want you to hear, you've heard from me many times talk about this. If this is the first time you've seen this or heard this, just know this is just a tool. Sometimes we can get convinced that that's the answer. You know, we're a church plant. We've been around for a little over five years. And so, yes, this is in some sense a step in the progress as we keep moving forward with the calling that God's put on our lives. But ultimately, the building, a building, is simply a tool to be used to magnify what's in our hearts, our love for people, our love for others. And we have Christ as our example. We who were far off from God were brought near to God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for us. And today, he's not calling us to physically lay down our lives for others, but he is calling us to lay down our lives to say that others are first. What others need are first. What's important to me are others rather than myself. And so that's what we hope to do. Well, how will we do this? We have been praying. That is step one. We have been praying and asking the Lord to help us, to go before us, to, um, to hear our prayers, to give us wisdom, to give us clarity and discernment as to what it is that we should be doing. And so we're going to ask you to continue to pray and perhaps begin to pray even more fervently. Kyle raised up the prayer cards that we have, and of course we want to pray for one another's needs. Those are of primary importance to us, but we also want to pray for wisdom as the church moves forward, as we try to lead, um, as the elders lead and make decisions for the church. We need God to go, continue to go before us as he already has, and so we ask you to pray. We're going to come together tonight in this building just around the corner in the kids' church area where we usually drop off our kids. At 5 o'clock, we're going to gather together to pray. I invite you to come back. Come back and pray with us. We want to pray for you personally, but we also want to pray corporately as a church to ask the Lord to help us. Second thing is, when I talk about sacrifice, that touches the uncomfortable subject that none of us like to hear, that touches our pocketbooks. We're called to sacrifice, to give sacrificially. 
And the reality of our culture, I'm not just speaking to this church personally as city church, but corporately around the the globe, the church has been unfaithful. The church does not give as God would call us to give. That's why the needs of the world exist, because the church has not been as faithful as God would command us to be in order to meet those needs. I wouldn't come and talk to you this morning at all about finances if it weren't for the fact that we need to be more faithful in that. Because had we been faithful historically, both this church and globally as a church, we would not have those needs. There's plenty of money. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all his. And we've been entrusted with some of it to steward and to steward for his resources, to steward back to him. And so I go to Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. This won't be behind me on the screen, but I just want you to just hear these words. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? God answers, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, the Lord, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Now I know you're thinking to yourself, well that was the Old Testament pastor and we don't have to do that any longer because Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. Listen to what Jesus says, But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb and neglect justice and the love of God. So you're thinking, okay, Jesus just let me off the hook. But the end of the verse says, Those you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Yeah, you love and you serve and you do all the different things that you might be thinking of doing in terms of giving and, and caring for others, but you failed to do the thing that should be the easiest for you, to tithe. That word tithe in the Old Testament and translates for us is to bring the tenth, a tenth of the food and the proceeds from the field into the storehouse so that they could serve the needs of others. And so that's where we get the principle of the tithe, to bring 10% of what God entrusts to us back to him for the use of the church in the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do, but we don't do that. We have not done that as faithfully as we should. Now, grace abounds in all these things, and we rejoice that that is true. But if we are going to endeavor to move forward and to see that dream that many of us have dreamed about for many, many years and the vision that God has given us to be able to serve this city in the way that we have served, we are going to have to give sacrificially. We are going to have to lay down our lives, and that most often, just as Jesus says, if I want to get to the heart, I'm going to talk to you about money. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. He he understood that connection. Money's not bad. God isn't 
mad at us, but God is calling us to be faithful. God is calling us to be obedient. And so that's what we are asking that the Lord would help us to do, to be a people who are obedient. And so what we're going to do for the rest of this time this morning is we're going to just spend a few moments in prayer. We're going to ask the Lord to help us to see that vision come to fruition. But before we begin in prayer, I want to um, ask that under the first seat of every row where the Bibles are, there's some Ziploc bags. So if the first person under each row on the sort of the left side there, Silvara, you've got it on the left side, grab one of those Ziploc bags and everybody pass an envelope down. Guests, this is part of the family meeting where you just get to go to the Lord and pray for us on, on our behalf. You don't have to participate in this. So I just want to give you, let you off the hook as a guest. The reason we don't pass the plate in this church is we don't want anything to get in the way of you hearing the gospel and knowing Christ's love for you. And so this uh, conversation and giving is not something um, that should ever prohibit you from knowing that we are glad you're here and we want you to be here um, to hear from God. But in each envelope, I'm just going to give you some instructions on what we're going to do before we pray. In each envelope, if you'll open it up, there's a card. And we're going to ask, as a church family, that we would commit to one another to giving specifically above and beyond what we have been giving historically to see this city center accomplished what we call the For the City campaign. So we're going to ask that you would give to that over the next three years. And so if you look on one side of this card, I'm just going to very quickly walk you through this. You'll see that you're going to commit to give a specific amount over the next week or each weekly. You're going to do it monthly. You're going to do it annually. You might have other means of giving through some unique way that's listed there on that second line. You could make us aware of that. And then you're going to total that out over a three-year period. This is what you commit to give. That middle section is just the way that you will be able to accomplish that. You'll be able to fill that out. And you'll give us your information on the far side. I'll also note for you that we have all of this available on our website, citychurchmelissa.com. You can go there and you can use this, that same tool to give. But the reason these are important, friends, and I realize that this is a little bit just candidly awkward, but the reason that these are important is because as our finance team prepares to make decisions upon what we can and are able to do related to this city center, we need to understand where we are at in terms of giving for the next three years. And so we would ask that you would prayerfully, do not fill this card out flippantly, but that you would pray, and we're going to pray here for a few moments. Pray over this and ask the Lord, what would he call me to do? What is my part in this? And so you're going to fill that out. You're going to put it back in the envelope. And you're going to bring it back, catch this, next week. So we're not filling anything out today. We're just praying today. But you're going to fill this out and bring it back next week. These gifts will begin January of 2020, on the date that you select there, that first month in January is when this campaign will kick off. But if you would like to, because we realize end of year giving is what it is, 
Many of us have tax considerations and other things that we think of near the end of the year. If you would like to give a first fruit to this campaign, in addition to this card, you can include a check in the envelope and bring that to kick us off uh, for the end of the year. But as I said, you're going to take this envelope home with you, um, fill that out, pray over it. If you have questions, if you have not been able to sit down with myself or Kyle or Matt or one of our elders or trustees and talk about this, and this is brand new to you and you have a lot of anything that you're curious about, we would love to do that. And so we're going to meet, we can meet with you one-on-one, but we ask that you would bring this back next week completed, um, potentially with a gift. And if you're not ready next week, here's our one request. If you need more time to pray over this just because perhaps it is newer to you, um, we would just ask that you would get this to us by the end of the year. But next week when we gather, we're going to collect these up, um, and then um, we won't talk about it very much after that until we start dreaming and talking more about what God is doing and how he's answered our prayers. So I'm just going to ask that everybody would just bow their heads. And we're going to ask the Lord specifically through prayer to help us. And I want to just invite you, for, you pray. I'm going, to, I'm going to voice some things that we can pray for, and I'm going to lead us. But as I said, perhaps you're a guest, and you just need to pray and say thank you, God, and um, acknowledge his kindness to you. But if you're part of this church family, would you just pray um, and ask the Lord um, to move? We want to begin by just thanking you, Father, for your plans for us. The fact that we can have confidence and trust that you do have a plan for us. God, we pray. And give thanks to you that you call us your sons and daughters. That plan that we are thinking of, it doesn't begin or even end with some building in a city. But it began before you ever created us when you chose us to be adopted as your sons and daughters through the sacrifice of our Savior Jesus. And so we begin this morning just thanking you, Father, that we can be called part of your family, and we rejoice in the good news of Jesus, that we were far off, that we had nothing within ourselves that deserved for you to see us as special or to set us apart, but in your kindness and your mercy, you sent your son to lay down your life for us on our behalf so that we could be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. So I pray that today, Lord, that everyone in this room, more than they would know anything else or think about anything else, that we could just be in awe and that we would know that that is true. If there is anyone in this room, Lord, do not please allow the enemy to conflate church business with anything as more important than knowing you. And if there's someone today, Lord, that is far off, that doesn't know you as Savior, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come now and speak to them right now. Reveal yourself to them. 
because it's out of that knowledge of who we are in you, God, that we as a church endeavor to move forward in, in faith and with faith to what you're calling us to, to lay down our lives in service to this community, to give sacrificially. So I pray that you just help us to be reminded this morning, keep, us, keep our eyes on you, Lord, and the hope that we have in you. God, I thank you for the calling that you've placed on our lives. I think that you called us here. You established this church so that we could be a light in the midst of darkness. Right now, God, I pray that you would just bring to mind those friends and neighbors in this community that are far off from you. You just let us see their faces right now, God. Would you remind us that you've sent us here so that we might love them, so that we could encourage them, so that we could ultimately see them brought into the family, adopted, just as we have been. And I don't know why, God, but in your kindness to us and in just the mystery of the way you work, you've invited us to be a part of that. And so I pray that we would, be, we would remember that, that we would be a part. Help us. Help us to remember. Finally, God, I pray that you would go before us what we are endeavoring to do will require, has required, miraculous movement from you. So I pray that you would make our path straight. Lord, if there is anything that is, is not of you, if we have misstepped in any way, would you just correct us? Would you bar us from moving forward? But God, as we have sought your face, as we've seen you move so often in the recent months and years, we, we trust that we are moving forward in obedience to the commands and the calling that you've put on our lives as a church, as a corporate body. And so I pray that you just help us to remain faithful to that. Keep us attentive. Give us wisdom. We need your help, God. We are completely reliant upon you. So I pray that you would just bring revival in our hearts, God. Awaken us to the joy of being called your people. Awaken us to the calling to be your people in this city. And would you help us just throw away all of those lesser things, Help us to not settle for the worldly things, but keep our eye on you, God. We need you to do that, Holy Spirit. Father God, these are simple pieces of paper in our hands right now. But we trust and we believe that you can move through us, that you will move through us, to turn these little cars, these worthless things, into something magnificent 
for our good and for your glory. And we want to give you all the glory, Lord. You are worthy of it, as we have sung. So we worship you. Help us to worship you with every bit of our lives. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the preaching of God's word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 2950 Cardinal Drive, and we'd love to meet you this coming week. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.